0: This is Dr. Nick Tiller, and you're listening to the Skeptics' Guide to Sports Science podcast. What follows is an audio recording of my column, published in Skeptical Enquirer, the magazine for science and reason. For more information, visit www.skepticalenquirer.org. As with all articles in the series, a link to the original piece with its full list of references can be found in the show notes. Episode 23 – Novak Djokovic and the Pseudoscience Grand Slam When it comes to Grand Slam titles, Novak Djokovic has eclipsed every other male tennis player in history. He's the only man to be the reigning champion of all four majors simultaneously across three surfaces, and by securing his 23rd trophy at the French Open in 2023 – the Serbian national perhaps cemented his place as the greatest player of all time. Such prominence usually invites scrutiny, and in several competitions this past year, it was difficult to overlook a conspicuous device taped to Djokovic's chest. The Italian manufacturer of Tau Patch claimed their device uses nanotechnology to quote, convert natural body heat Into microscopic beams of light to stimulate the nervous system. They maintain that the device is supported by thousands of physicians and over 50 clinical studies, but of the eight studies cited on their website, only four were related to the device and only one was placebo controlled. Djokovic has called Tau Patch the biggest secret of his career. Scientists have called it nonsense. For Djokovic it's just the tip of a pseudoscience iceberg which due to his notoriety is creating a ripple effect throughout the sporting world. Strange Beliefs and Stranger Practices Indulging pseudoscience and superstition is in keeping with Djokovic's general pattern of behaviour. In 2020, for example... He began making a regular pilgrimage to the Bosnian town of Isoko, where he visited the Pyramid of the Sun, a hill said to have been built by an ancient civilization and enshrined with magical healing properties. Quote, "There is truly a miraculous energy here," Djokovic told reporters. "If there is a paradise on earth, then it's here." End quote. Miraculous claims about the landmark are too numerous to mention but include the presence of a cosmic Wi-Fi system capable of intergalactic communication. Djokovic appears convinced by the Bosnian pyramids, but geologists assert that it's a natural flat-iron phenomenon, formed when erosion-resistant rock lies on top of softer strata. In fact, similar hills are found all over the world, including in the western United States. High-ranking Bosnian officials, including two ex-presidents, have ignored the science in favour of a more sensational rhetoric. One does not need to be a big expert to see that these are the remains of three pyramids, said Suleiman Thiek, who served as the Bosnian member of the Presidency of Bosnia and Herzegovina from 2002 to 2006. The pyramids remain a popular tourist attraction. If periodic visits to a popular tourist site were Djokovic's only spiritual quirks, then I wouldn't have much to write about. Fortunately for me, his eccentric beliefs extend well into his athletic pursuits, including his diet. Djokovic purportedly has a gluten intolerance. Notwithstanding the contentious science on the condition, and the fact that many experts remain unconvinced that gluten intolerance even exists outside of celiac disease, The real peculiarity is the means by which Djokovic's condition was diagnosed. Celiac is usually identified through a series of clinical assessments, including blood tests for immune markers, performed by primary care physicians and gastroenterologists. Djokovic, however, met with Dr Igor Sechevich, a self-proclaimed specialist in energetic medicine. Sechevich pressed a piece of bread to Djokovic's stomach and tested his arm strength determining it to be diminished when in proximity to gluten. The player now excludes gluten from his diet. But Djokovic's general distrust of modern medicine isn't new. He played for several years with a persistent elbow injury that thwarted his performances. After lengthy procrastination, during which he tried to manage the injury through conventional means, he eventually travelled to Switzerland for surgery in 2018. Quote, I was trying to avoid getting on that table because I'm not a fan of surgeries or medications, he said in an interview with a Telegraph newspaper in the UK. I'm just trying to be as natural as possible and I believe that our bodies are self-healing mechanisms. Quote. His sentiment is a common one. Nature is good, synthetic is bad, but it's an unnecessary and harmful dichotomy derived from a simple logical fallacy, the appeal to nature, that's never been weeded out of human psychology. Since the surgery, Djokovic has won 26 tournaments. Djokovic's partiality for natural products manifests most plainly in his morning routine, which he shared with American journalist Graham Bensinger in 2019. I start with warm water and lemon, so I can help my body detoxify. I can sense your eye rolls, and I empathise. Of course, the notion of detox is highly unscientific, an antiquated belief derived from a misunderstanding of how the body manages waste. I thoroughly debunked detoxes in the November 2021 issue of the column and still the term haunts us. Djokovic continues, quote, Then I would have my smoothie. A green smoothie with different algae and different fruits and superfoods. Great supplements that I use to allow me to have mental clarity, Feel good. Longevity, I guess. And different benefits on health. End quote. Now, I agree with the broad consumption of fruits and vegetables. As a society, we chronically underconsume them. And generally, more is better. But the notion of a superfood is inherently flawed. In fact, the term was banned in Europe almost two decades ago because, much like the natural label, the term superfood is completely unregulated with no official or even legal definition. It was conceived instead as a marketing ploy. And why green smoothies? Because nature is green, of course. Djokovic's delusions were further indulged as a professional athlete when he found a kindred spirit in Shervin Jaffariah, a self-titled wellness expert, supplement vendor targeting brain health, immunity and detoxification, and lifelong seeker of truth and knowledge. And in 2023, the obvious vocation for a lifelong seeker of truth and knowledge is to start a podcast. On a recent episode that he recorded with Djokovic, the men discussed how toxic foods and polluted water could be purified through energetical transformation, through the power of prayer and gratitude. The sentiment is strikingly like theosis, the orthodox Christian principle of divination and spiritual transformation through union with God. Djokovic's world is one where religion, spirituality, pseudoscience and wellness intersect. But none of Djokovic's views strike so blatantly at the heart of science than his beliefs on vaccination, particularly for COVID-19. His convictions had him deported from Australia in January last year for violating the country's immigration laws which mandated COVID-19 vaccines, some suggest his attitude is born as much of stubbornness as it is superstition. Quote I was never against vaccination, he told the BBC in February of last year, but I've always supported the freedom to choose what you put in your body. End quote. His admission that he received several vaccines as a child suggests that as an adult, he's one of many people swept up in the widespread, highly sophisticated, and highly unscientific. COVID-19 Vaccine Disinformation Campaign. The Origin of Belief It's difficult to pinpoint where and when Djokovic's eccentric beliefs emerged, although they were likely ingrained before adulthood. Born to a Serbian father and Croatian mother, his home life was defined by Orthodox Christian values. And, in general, religious orthodoxy doesn't bode well for scientific literacy. A series of studies on a large database with over 9,000 records showed that religiosity in the US correlated negatively with scientific knowledge and science literacy. In other words, the more religious the individual, the less likely they were to be scientifically literate. It's probably not a simple case of correlation over causation. Follow up analyses of households with children showed that religious parents were more likely to nurture children who, some 20 years later, exhibited negative attitudes towards science. Djokovic also grew up in a country with overtly anti-science policies. In 2004, when Djokovic was in his mid-teens, the Serbian Education Ministry tried unsuccessfully to ban evolutionary theory from school curricula. Over a decade later, there was a highly publicised petition signed by engineers physicians and other academics calling for schools and universities to cheat intelligent design creationism and other alternative and highly disproven theories of evolution then there's serbia's long-standing relationship with alternative therapy the balkan peninsula a region in southeastern europe so named for the balkan mountains which stretch through bulgaria is a prominent biodiversity center Thousands of plant species call the Balkans home and have, over the centuries, provided a vast reservoir for human experimentation with herbal medicine. There's an established link between a region's biodiversity and its use of alternative therapy, and at the intersection of Europe and Asia, the Balkans have become an epicentre for health and wellness tourism. Although some traditional practices of the region have been incorporated into aspects of mainstream medicine, most have not. There's also rakija, also called rakija, the heavenly drink with God-given properties that's become the national tipple of several Balkan nations. The fruit brandy, with 40% alcohol content, is also used as a disinfectant, an emergency relief for toothache, a cure for mouth ulcers and for managing oral ailments. Others assert that rakija contains antioxidants that fight free radicals, preventing heart attack and stroke. It's difficult to know to what extent these practices are embraced as therapies or instead obstinate customs. In any case, growing up in Serbia, in the central West Balkan peninsula, Djokovic likely had its traditions ingrained from an early age. The Pseudoscience Grand Slam Novak Djokovic is the undisputed champion of tennis-related pseudoscience but he's far from the only contestant. His only parallel in terms of Grand Slam trophies is the formidable Serena Williams, also the recipient of 23 Grand Slam titles. Note that Margaret Court, who retired in 1976, is the only player with more. Williams appeared at Wimbledon last year with conspicuous tape on her face. After stoking a great deal of public intrigue and speculation, It was finally revealed that she'd use kinesiology tape to relieve recurrent sinusitis, a condition of sinus inflammation causing runny nose, cough and tenderness. I've already provided a deep dive into K-Tape in the August 2022 column, so I'll spare the reader a lengthy recap. In short, the claims surrounding its use are grossly misappropriated, and there's absolutely no evidence that it relieves sinusitis. This is one of many instances where a well-meaning coach or physiotherapist has applied placebo tape. Because, well, what's the harm? More recently, Polish tennis player Iga Swiatek was pictured training with tape over her mouth. A physiotherapist purportedly applied the tape to help the athlete control her heart rate. But since then, a litany of additional claims, including increased oxygen uptake and reduced inflammation, have circulated online. Now, nasal breathing has been studied extensively and we wrote about the health and fitness claims in a comprehensive review article published earlier this year. In short, nasal breathing, by increasing nitric oxide uptake, may improve arterial oxygenation in select patients with respiratory disease. But it has little to no effect or benefit for people with healthy lung function. And in fact, by limiting the volume of air which can be taken into the lungs during intense exercise the practice most likely confers a net disadvantage for elite athletes. There's a bleakness to the picture I've painted, but I don't believe the sport of tennis has a systemic problem. Instead, the press continues to overlook the more conventional factors that make up elite performances, training, good diet and sleep, because they aren't considered extraordinary enough to sell magazines or trend online. This is yellow journalism at its most insidious, thriving on the sensational headlines of obscure practices. In fact, we've known for years that fake news online spreads further and deeper than the truth in all categories. But when a revered athlete lends their platform to pseudoscience, in their actions and behaviours, on social media, and on the court when the whole world is watching, they unwittingly blur the line between legitimate and illegitimate practices – between information and misinformation. And because of the widespread perception that athletes are experts in health and fitness, such athletes pioneer rising trends in the use of alternative therapies among the wider population. It's a trend that has profound implications for population health and clinical practice, an endpoint that too infrequently enters the mind of the elite athlete. For our part, we must no longer tolerate the dismissive idiom of what's the harm. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this article, check out my book, The Skeptic's Guide to Sport Science, Confronting Myths of the Health and Fitness Industry, published by Taylor & Francis. For more information on this and my other work, visit www.nbtiller.com.